Six years ago, Ellis Hammond's entire mission changed. He was a full-time college pastor with vision and passion, but broke. Now a full-time real estate entrepreneur, Ellis is the founder of Kingdom Real Estate Investors, the number one community for faith-driven leaders impacting the world through real estate investing. If you're a kingdom-minded real estate investor or entrepreneur seeking to advance God's kingdom outside the church walls, welcome to the Kingdom REI podcast, where Ellis interviews Christian entrepreneurs and investors focused on advancing God's kingdom through real estate investing. Enjoy the show. Guys, welcome to the Kingdom Real Estate Investing Show. Man, you are in for a treat. I had to like literally stop this guy from talking. So I'm like, dude, I got to hit record because we're missing incredible information. So welcome to the show, everybody. I'm your host, Ellis Hammond, with my co-host, Cameron Roy. What's happening, dude? Hey, man. Just as giddy as you are right now, that's what's happening. Uh, incredible, incredible day. Incredible guest, guys. Mr. Michael McIntyre. Uh, let me read you his bio just so you know the, the value that we're going to bring to you today. And I'm going to tell you a funny story, too, if, and I'm going to embarrass him a little bit, but that's okay because I know he can handle it. So Michael built a $3 billion agency from scratch. He's recruited over 20,000 sales agents, developed training like no other in the industry. He's a business and life coach. Uh, sought after for entrepreneurs, small business owners. He's worked with some amazing organizations like the Dallas Cowboys, American Equity Life Insurance Companies, someone who's done a lot in in business, helped scale a lot of companies. He told me before the show, 13 years ago, though, he gave his life to Christ. Christ came and got him, found him, captured him, and uh, is really passionate about Christians who uh, want to build wealth, who want to scale their companies, and is doing that uh, today. And uh, can I tell I have him before, Michael? So we spent about 10 minutes in the waiting room because Michael couldn't get his audio on on Zoom. Uh, apparently, this is his first time he's ever used Zoom. And so he had to get somebody to come turn on the audio. So I, what I find so amazing, this is how I want to start the show, is this is not the first time this has happened to me, Michael, that like typically, literally this happened, like the most successful people that we have ever had on this show. And I look at your bio and I'm like, hey, you, you've experienced a lot of success in what you've done. <laughs> always need the most help. I'm just going to say it like it is, man. Always need the most help. And so I was just commenting like, hey, it's not that you, you're, you, you know, you're not smart. You're just a master delegator, which is why you've had so much success. So do you think there's a tie-in to this? Because it is, it literally is a trend. And so can you, from your stance, defend yourself, but also maybe provide some, some reason to that? Yeah, that's funny. Well, uh, thank you, Ellis. Thank you for the kind introduction. And and Cameron, thank you guys for being so patient with me getting my IT department up here. <laughs> you notice I got up here fast, though, bro. I mean, come on, man. We're all about excellence in the kingdom. Yes. And so yes. what I've learned, I was real fortunate early on in my in my business. You know, I, I was in the Air Force for four years, got out of the Air Force and immediately got into uh, entrepreneurship. And I had a person tell me at one time, said, listen, you know, don't invest your money in, in an office space, you know, because as young entrepreneurs, we all want to have a nice office or, you know, a nice we workspace or we'll spend all this extra money, which brings you nothing in, in the end. But what does bring you wealth and, and, and payback and your ROI and your money is the people you hire. And so uh, they said, hire good people, and let them do work. And one of the things I've always learned to do is to hire people smarter than me. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, it's not that high of a mark. Okay. And so <laughs> I could really easily find people that were smarter than me. And 
I had a gift. My gift is to to recruit, train, motivate, and have a cast a vision. Uh, and then I'd bring in MBAs and CPAs and lawyers and you know people that are really really smart to help me out. So I've always let them do their job. And also, one of the things too is I've always uh, let people have responsibility more than they deserve. And that would help them raise their bar. And yeah, they're going to do a few face plants, but so who hasn't? And that's the only way you learn. So I guess to answer your question, uh, it's probably a trend for entrepreneurs, visionaries to let people take care of them. <laughs> I, like to, I like to be taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that's great, man. I mean, I think that's so right on. And I think that's a, that's a, a less, it's a, it kind of, it, it feels a little backwards at first. Like I think, you know, I was a pastor when I started, you know, before I became an entrepreneur and, and I think if it's a skill, right. To kind of learn that who, not how principle. And I think mm -hmm. it, it, cause it's almost like a, it, it's risky in some ways. And I heard someone I really respect say this, like it doesn't take money to be successful in business. It takes courage. And I think like Good. that is really true in the sense of, of people like do, you know, do I have the courage to really hire people and, and go to the next level? Cause typically it'll, it'll pay back pretty quick, but it, it takes courage to, to do that. Yeah, it, it does. And, you know, Ross Perot and uh, God rest his soul, great man. And uh, I, I learned a lot from him and I got to, you know, kind of study under him and, he always he now he was ultra conservative and he wouldn't hire anybody unless he had a he had the money for twelve months you know to pay them. Uh, that wasn't me. <laughs> okay. I, I would hire people that I didn't have any money, <laughs> and so you know because I, I had American Express and uh, American Express was my silent partner, although they didn't know they were my silent partner and my financier, but they were. And so this is, you know, and so, but it's, it's, you know, I think having people with you that, that have that get on the same vision uh, and can understand, and I think it's real important to surround you by those smart people. And I think when I, I love that you got to have courage, you do. And one of the things that I've learned, uh, and I'm sure you and Cameron have learned this too, is you got to have a risk tolerance, your, your risk tolerance got to be aligned with your team and uh, you've got to be the gambler. You do. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, you got to be the highest risk taker, uh, and you you want your accountant to be a low risk taker, you know, uh, and that usually works out for the best. Michael, you keep uh real quick. You keep throwing around, especially from Alice's bio, some things that resonate of Dallas. Are you in Dallas? Yes. Yes. Oh, so am I. I'm in Richardson. Awesome, man. So you know my man. You you knew Ross Perot and uh, what a great visionary he was, and uh, he was a patriot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So my guys for the show, um, you know, what do you, what have you found yourself talking about lately? And you're kind of telling us some of the things you're doing in this season of life. Uh, give our audience a little bit more about, uh, you kind of, you know, you, who you are and what, who, what you're passionate about right now and kind of who you're serving. I think that'll set us up for um, yeah. this conversation. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, my wife and I and my, uh, uh, middle daughter, uh, she's kind of, she's our chief operating officer. I sold my insurance company, back in 2007, uh, same year I gave my life to Jesus. And, you know, I ran hard and, and, and long, and we did really, really well. We had massive success and at early age. Uh, but, you know, I got, I got to the point to where I probably should have sold the company five years earlier. And uh, pride, ego, uh, fear, <laughs> all, all prevented me from doing that. And then, you know, I, the Holy Spirit came and uh, you know, I always joke that uh, I was on the road to Damascus and uh, I got knocked off my Bentley 
And so it was, it was a big, it was a big deal. Uh, and it changed my life forever and it was beautiful. And so, you know, for the, about a year after that, I didn't do a whole lot. I just kind of, you know, cause when you're running at 98 miles an hour and all of a sudden you come to a screeching halt, you know, the money's great, all that's great. And, but then what do you do now? Because you're used to going at such a fast pace. So it took me about a year to figure that out. And, uh, and I was on ramping to Jesus as a brand new Christian and baby Christian. And so I found some really cool, and in Dallas, as you know, Cameron, Dallas has got some really cool uh, entrepreneur Christians here. And so yeah. I ended up at a church called Watermark with Todd Wagner, who was great. And uh, Todd was one of my mentors, and he kind of he kind of on-ramped me into the world of Christianity and who Jesus really was. And so that was great. And then so with that, I started doing some coaching and some online work uh, with uh, some people in, in uh, different countries and uh, ministry. And then Funny, funny thing is, I, uh, I got, I went to a really small church here in Dallas called Upper Room, and they were needing. Uh, I came in, and there's like 150 people in this church, and it was real small. It was down in a really strange area, of Dallas, down in Oakland, and uh, which is a gay community. And so I went down there, and my wife loved it. They're Holy Spirit filled, and she's. They they found a. I was a business guy, and so they didn't have very many business guys in there, so they kind of latched onto me and. Uh, they wanted me to become executive pastor, which I turned down twice. I don't want to be a pastor. I said, I'm not a pastor. And so the, the, the pastor, senior pastor said, what do you want to be McIntyre? Whatever title you want. I, said, I want to be the CEO. I'll be a CEO. So I don't know how you can be CEO of a nonprofit, but I was. And so that's what I did. And so I did that and I found my calling in that. And I found, you know, Todd Wagner was helpful in that. Michael Miller was helpful in that about uh, and Lance Walnow, a friend of mine, was also helpful. He said, "Look, you need to bring your your wealth creation skills into the kingdom. We mm. need we need to have these Christians start to become millionaires and billionaires, and rightfully so, so we can really be the forefront and coming back, bringing Jesus coming back to this earth." And so that's what I started doing. I started working with them, and we developed programs around that. And so that's what we're doing. We're you know we're doing a next level experience, which is a three day intensive not a conference. I always tell people snowflakes are not welcome because <laughs> you're going to be offended, but it's for people who want their lives to go and they make their life's working basically, but they say, Hey, you know what? There's more. The Holy spirit tells me there's more. I feel the God's beating on my heart to do more, but they need to get unstuck. Well, we unstuck yet this thing. And it's really cool. And then we've been doing that for a while. And then uh, we have the leadership program. Then we have this new thing called McIntyre business accelerator, which is our MBA. And that's three days intensive for small business owners, self-employed uh, entrepreneurs, generally 500,000 to $10 million in revenue. And we come in for three days. Uh, we work with you. I bring all my my staff, so to speak. And over the years, I've accumulated a lot of different wonderful people in law and in accounting and marketing and, and uh, finance. And that a lot of people probably don't get an audience with. So I bring them in and they help out with these people. Then we give 12 months coaching in that to get their business. We want to help their business get a lot bigger. And then we started a TV production company from that. And so we're doing, uh, we've got our first season done. Uh, it's called The Accelerator. And we've helped this company up in South Dakota. And we're taking their company from a million and a half to five million the first year. And so we did a seven part series on that, which we're going to bring out on either Amazon or uh, Beerflix. And so that's kind of exciting. So that's what we're doing right now. That's cool. So, okay. I love the name Accelerator. We just launched an Accelerator program. Yes. King of Real Estate Investors. 
like you're breaking to the first commercial real estate deal that I love the name of that, by the way, good job. Uh, <laughs> or maybe me, good job. Cause you have much <laughs> experience in this. First off, I'm curious. So like, okay, let's just land on that. Cause that really resonates with me just because we have that too. So this accelerator thing, I mean, I, I want to dive in there. I mean, I'm so excited for the show. I wish we had like three hours cause there's so much that I, I want to learn from you. Cameron, let's do this before we get going. Will you just pray for us quick, bro? And then, um, and then let's jump in. Yeah, God, thank you for this time to meet and engage with Michael. Yeah. I just pray that you would use him and uh, Ellis and myself to um, encourage listeners, to inspire listeners. Um, and if they leave with anything before it's business, may it be uh, a curiosity and if not a deeper love and an admiration for you, God. Our, our goal is to delight in you, God. So pray that we do that now through good conversation. In Christ, I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. You know what I feel in this though? Like there is a delight. You know where I like I like the where God has gifted you, he's gifted me, he's gifted Cameron. Like we have a delight and joy in talking about business. And this is really fun for me. And I love that we know the Holy Spirit is guiding this. So I'm excited to talk about business. Sometimes like I don't really know where we're gonna take this show, but like I'm so pumped <laughs> to talk to you about some business stuff today. So that's where we're heading. So this accelerator thing, man. So you take you took this company, million and a half, five million. You already did that? Like, that's how it happened? It already yeah, did so, that? Or that's yeah, the process? So it's really crazy. I mean, this company, these people showed up at Next Level Experience about a year and a half ago, a year ago. They're from Mitchell, South Dakota, and they had this, and I didn't know them at all. They uh, they came in, I think they heard me on Sean Bowles or something. And so they came in, and they were a delightful family. And uh, then they said, listen, we want to come back and do this MBA program that we offer. And, you know, it's so they came in and did that there's we did three days of that and during this con you know we we hold this thing at our house here and uh we have we only limit it to 15 people and so they came in and so they really stood out because they're uh brother they're three brothers and they're all in their 30s they you know central casting should have casted these guys they all look great and uh and they were all married there's 12 kids in the family and they got this business a world-class kitchen business that they developed and started up in Mitchell, South Dakota, and it's called Helmut uh, USA. And so God just laid it on me. I'm sitting there talking to these people because they're just amazing. And they hadn't picked the CEO. They said, they said, McIntyre, we really, we, you know, we've got this three-headed monster here. We're doing okay. We fight, we argue, we love each other, but we're working hard. We do good work. We print out beautiful cabinetry, world-class cabinetry, but we need direction. We, we need a CEO. We don't have one yet. We don't know how to elect a CEO. And so all of a sudden, boom, God downloaded me this thing and said, okay, we need to start out. We need to do a TV series on these people. And uh, we need to do a docu-series. We need, to, we need to set it up. And then I said, what, what if we do a docu? I said out loud, I said, hey, what if we do a docu-series on you guys? And then somebody else in the deal. And by the uh, way, you somebody, have, real quick, just so I capture this. You have no TV crew. You have no TV show. This is something that you're just like, oh, this sounds cool. Yeah, God, that, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. so I just knew, I, by the way, I knew that instinctively. Yeah. Not that we talked about this. I just right. like, I'm, I'm vibing and I'm like, okay, I want to make sure people know who you are. So keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pulling this, you know, straight out of the air. The Holy Spirit air is just coming out of me. So, so, and then, then there was this young lady in here who's from New York. She was in the program too. And uh, she lives up in Manhattan and strong believer. She goes, if we do this, I want to produce it. And I said, done. <laughs> and, yeah. she's in like, media oh, there's there. so much competition for something I just created, right? <laughs> right. And so yeah. I said, great. And so, yeah. And within, I, that was in August. Okay. And by September 30th, 
we had already started filming the first episode up there in Mitchell, South Dakota. And then we went up there October 1st and finished. Uh, we filmed six episodes in a week. And so right now it's all in. Uh, we've got the trailer done and we've got six episodes. And right now the pilot is in editing. And in fact, I did some work on it today. And so God put this thing like in hyperspeed. And so it's exciting. So that's just one thing, you know, and, and I don't know where it's going. And look, I'm not a TV producer. I guess I am now. Uh, I'm not an executive producer, but I guess now I am. But it's just, it, it's when God wants something, he breathes on it. It just happens. And people just showed up. Yeah, we had, you know, Stacy and I, my wife and I, we said, look, and, and the, the the family said, how much is this going to cost McIntyre? God says, McIntyre, you pay for it. You foot this bill. And we did. And we had some other people come in and say, hey, we want to throw some money at this. I said, okay, you can throw some money at this. I just want you to know, I don't know what I'm doing. And they wanted to give more. <laughs> they said, "They said, well, we want to put more into it. I said, listen, this might be a seed or it could be a big toilet flush. Okay. So I don't know what to tell you, but they did. They just, uh, they put some money in. We put money in. We went up there and we spent uh, seven days with these people. And it was amazing. There's 12 kids in the family and they're all in the business. Most of them. And, the, you know, and they got this big, you know, 300, uh, $300,000 building. They bought 65,000 square foot building down in, in, and they build these beautiful kitchen cabinets. So, yeah. And so the whole premise of this thing is taking their company from one and a half million to $5 million in revenue, which is we're on pace to do that. And also to elect a CEO. And so the, each series is each one of the series is who should be CEO. And there's controversy in there. There's, and that's what we, we, we wanted to portray Jesus in this business, in this family business. And that look, even, you know, Christian entrepreneurs need to have, be savvy when it comes to business. They can't just be complete idiots. They got to know what they're doing. They need to have good people surrounding them to do these things. And also that sometimes, you know, you need to be, you know, you need to be wise as a serpent, you know, and you need to know how to do these things. And so we really had a good time with them. And so we think it's going to come out really good. Hopefully we're going to have it out this probably at the latest late spring, early summer. And uh, we're talking to some people that put it on streaming. Michael, so accelerator. So let's say, so I'm just curious, man, you step into a million and a half dollar company, right? And you're saying, Hey, I want to five X your company in, in yeah. four months, 24 months. What do you begin to identify? And, and I ask this from a from a listener standpoint, right? Sure. And imagine a lot of people are kind of in that that first breakpoint stage, right? Of they're yeah. they're hovering around a million bucks. Um, and I, and I truly believe, like, if you do a company that can do a million bucks, it can it can go to five, right? Like you have you've yeah. you've proved out a model. So what, what do you what do you what are you looking for as the guy who's going to try and accelerate a company, both in that, but maybe speaking broadly as well? Yeah, visionary. I'm looking for a visionary. And uh, I want to find I want I want to get the ace their aces in their places. And so, you know, especially in a family business, you know, you've got you've got so much talent in there, but then you've got people that cross over and stick get out. You know, they jump they jump the tracks and get in somebody else's lane. So you've got to keep their aces in the places. You got to look at your pool of talent. Uh, you want to see what's the, what's the vision for the company? Yeah, vision statements much bigger and much better than a mission statement, in my opinion. Mission statements for the rank and file. The vision statements for where the company's going. And how fast it's going to get there, and what's what's the ultimate, what's what's the ultimate prize? What is everybody focused on day in and day out? And so, I look at leadership in that, uh, Ellis. I want to see who the leadership is, who who's running this deal, who's controlling the money, and uh, let's take a look at that. So, I would say the first thing to do is leadership and visionary. 
who is it? And your leader needs to be a visionary. And, you know, you can have some good leaders in there, but they're not visionaries. And that's fine. They can be, you know, lower, they can be down the C-suite on there. Your CEO really needs to be a visionary. I guess I'm curious, like, was that clear? Or if that's not there, what do you do? Generally, it rises to the top. It's, It's somebody usually wants it. In a business like that, first of all, you got people in there that they... They think they know what's happening. Then you got people that really know what's happening, you know, and there's other people that want to know what's happening. And so you've got to find the people who are really have their finger on the pulse and can see it. And generally what happens is the visionary sees what happens if they if they're not already selected as CEO, they see what happened. But they get very frustrated because the rest of the the rest of the people don't see it. And that's when you need to have. Uh, a coach, a guru, somebody to come in, a mentor and say, okay, here's how we do this. You need to understand that they don't see what you see. Mm -hmm. That was one of the biggest mistakes I made early on in my business. I fired a lot of people because they couldn't see my vision. And I thought everybody could see my vision. I thought that was just easy for people. And it's not. It's a gift that God gives you. God gives you that vision. And you've got to be able to break it down to where, you know, the third grader with ADD, you know, can understand it. If you don't, then you're not going to get everybody on on the same page and you're going to piss off a lot of people and you're going to lose them or you're going to get tired of them and fire them. So the thing you've got to make sure, usually when you come into a state, you've got somebody that says, listen, I know how this thing's going to work, but they just don't listen to me. Okay, you're a visionary. Let's see, let's let's first off, make sure you're not crazy. (laughs) Let's hear what your vision is, right? We're not going to build kitchens on Mars next year, right? Right, okay, good. Then you're not totally crazy. So here's what we got to do. And then generally in a company this size, everybody wants something and you got to find out what their want is and what their desire is. And nine times out of 10, they want to be led. Most people just want to be led. So you got to find this leader that wants to lead. Then you got to find your followers uh, that want to follow. And they might not say they want to follow, but they do. And most people do. And that's that's where 99% of the population is. Have you seen, uh, I'm curious, either y'all seen the movie uh, Margin Call? Uh, I think I have. It's an old movie, isn't it? Yeah, it was about stock market crashing. Anyways, there's there's part of the movie where everybody gets in the meeting room at like 4 a.m. because they just realize like, you know, crap is about to hit the fan in the markets and they controlled a lot of it as far as what they held. And the CEO, everybody's looking at him at the head of the table. And uh, the smart guy in the company who figured the problem out is like a, a junior associate. And he said, why don't you explain to me what you found? Please talk to me as if I'm a dog or a first grader. He said, I can assure you it wasn't uh, my smart or being smart that got me in this seat to make all the big bucks. He was, to your point, hmm. he, he got, became CEO because he was able to just cast vision and make decisions and had a risk tolerance. It wasn't really, he was the smartest person in the room. Right. That's right. That's exactly right. You know, and if you're as a leader, if you look around, you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. You know, but it's interesting, Michael, like I want to process this with you a little bit, man, because I'm an early entrepreneur. I'm three years into our entrepreneurial career. I was a pastor before this, uh, but I'm truly the visionary. Like I'm not very good at many things, dude. Like I'm a good communicator. Like I dream scary things. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of the only thing I'm really good at. This is, I think it's been like, this has been, I'm just learning this. Like this is why this is so intriguing to me because like we just hired our first director of operations for one of our companies. And that's been really, really good for us. Like, because Mm -hmm. 
I think for a long time, I was trying to kind of, you know, lead the followers, right? The people that you say are, like want to be, want to follow. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm also just not a great, like I'm not a good coach or instructor on that, right? Like to not, I'm not patient enough to kind of walk people through that. And so, you know, to kind of put someone in the middle between me and those people, aka the, our director of operations has been really great for our company now because it's like, I can just kind of tell him the vision and then he can kind of do the instruction right for for that um and you know we're that's definitely going to grow our company uh as well so one i resonate with that you know two i guess i guess i'm curious on yeah like what roles do you find even for yourself because i feel like you know i i resonate with like kind of who you are like if you were to go start a company or in the companies that you do start the companies that you started even now who are the the type of people or the type of roles that you know if this is going to be successful i need to put around me and to your point earlier you don't wait for there to be income you know you need those people before there's any even money coming in what are those roles yeah it's a good question i think i want to get people who are gsd right they get stuff done when i hire somebody and you know this might sound kind of rash but you know it is what it is or brash i would always tell people i said listen especially, you know, outside family, you know, if I hire somebody, I said, listen, this is the nicest I'm ever going to be to you. (laughs) That's nice. (laughs) And I tell them, I said, look, I don't have time sometimes for niceties. I don't have time to talk about the weather. I could care less about, you know, the weather. I don't care about that. You know, I just got to get stuff done. Okay. So if you're going to run with me, I'm going to pay you really, really well but I'm not going to necessarily stop and have a small talk with you. And if that's going to be a problem with you, then maybe you need to go look somewhere else. And then, you know, when I did become a Christian, I used to tell him, I said, look, you don't have to be a Christian to work here, but if you get offended by hearing about Jesus and me playing worship music, then you're going to be offended. And if you can't take it, then I wouldn't work here. I'm not going to try to convert you. That's not my job. My job is to worship the Lord that I love and to be a kingdom-minded businessman. And you're welcome to be here. And but I just want you to know that. Because I, I didn't really care about, you know, somebody told me before, don't hire all Christians, man. That's not what your job is. You need to hire people to see what Christians really like. You know, you know, I like to have a cigar and I like to have a scotch. And I cuss every now and then. Not too bad, but every now and then I get <laughs> I get a little PO and I say things, you know. And I tell them, I said, look, you know, I'm not running around here like, you know, with heart emojis all day. I I my job is and God blessed me with to build wealth and to have other people become wealthy. That's kind of how I do my interview process. And then I want people that are going to say, okay, I don't want victims. I need people that want to go to victory. And a lot of people like to have excuses and excuses are, are, are seducers to mediocrity. And so I don't tolerate, I don't want to hear about excuses. You know, everybody's got an excuse. And so I just want to know when, when they come to work, how big is your commitment? Because everybody's going to have circumstances. Everybody has, I don't care who you are, how much money you got, where you live, what you look like, what car you drive, who you're married to. Everybody has circumstances. What I care about is how big is your commitment? Because if your commitment's not bigger than your circumstances, this is not a place for you to work. I mean, it seems pretty simple. I mean, I love just kind of your directive that like they're going to get stuff. You're looking for people who are going to get stuff done because you know what needs to be. They're committed to that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but I guess my I kind of to that, like, how do you know that? I mean, is it just do you yeah, test? Well, <laughs> yeah. And I, I, usually, I generally, you know, depending on what, you're, what level you're at. I mean, for a while there, you know, I don't want to use 
you know, uh, headhunters to bring people in. You got a 90 day guarantee. You know, you kind of run to a. I used to narrow it down to get three people to interview for a job. You know what the biggest test for me when I was interviewing people is if I liked them, I would take them to lunch mm. and how they treat the wait staff told me everything about them. Because generally people, you know, they, they generally respond to other people directly the way they feel about themselves. And I want to know how they respond to wait staff. I want to know how they respond to the janitor. And, you know, if they don't look people in the eye and if they don't acknowledge them, that's going to be an issue for me. Yeah. I love it. You're, you're putting the emphasis on character. Totally. Um, and yeah, because, because you're right. You know, everybody can have a bachelor's degree or everybody can have an accounting degree or they've got some experience, but what's their character. And look, as far as management, okay, I'm going to say something that might be really kind of weird, but as far as managers and what I look for in managers and leadership level at the C level is somebody that's had tragedy in their life. I used to love when people showed up and I found out that they were in a 12 step program. Those people were fantastic. And, you know, if they've been sober for over a year, I'd give them a shot. And I would ask them, do you know Bill W? And if they don't, if they know Bill W, great. How, many, how long have you been sober? I've been sober for five years. Man, that's awesome. Congratulations. You are an overcomer. I look for people that's experienced if they've had divorce, <clears throat> which 50% of our population has, even in the Christian community. Can you believe it? Uh, it's sad. But if you've experienced divorce, that's tragedy. And that means that, you, you know, you can step into leadership if you've overcome it. I was served in the military. I was in the United States Air Force and Strategic Air Command for four years. I overcame adversity. I want to find people who have overcome adversity who are going to be in management and leadership. Because, look, anybody can run a company when all the checks are good, when all the sales are going good, right? When money's flowing in and everybody's, everybody's just doing this, you know, headed to Vegas, having a big time. When it's hard is when all of a sudden you look on you know TV and you see you're doing the you know the perk walk of your CFO going into the pokey right, and then wrapping the FBI tape around your building. That's when you need management. That's when it's hard, or the checks bounce, or the or the leads got you know the leads are all gone, or what have you, or you got a dirty bomb that rolled down your street, or nine eleven happens. I was you know right then you know. You, that's when you need management that's going to come in there and GSD the deal and say, no matter what, I'm committed. Circumstances be not. I'm here to make it happen. I'm standing in the gap. I'm going to hold the line. And that's what I want. And those people that have experienced death, tragedy, divorce, alcoholism, you know, uh, or, or drug addiction and overcome those things, I want those on my teams. Wow. That's a guy who's kind of been through uh, a couple uh, cycles there. Um, <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> so uh, what are you excited about right now, man? I mean, I know you share what you're doing, but when you think of opportunity and where guys moving kind of in the world of faith and business, what, what, what are you excited about? I'm excited about where Jesus is going and, and not only – you know, around this world, I got some really good friends, Robbie Dawkins, he's going all over the place, you know, he's going to Ukraine, he's going to Iran, he's going into belly of the beast. I love those guys that are just ballers in Jesus's kingdom that are going after it. I'm excited about that. I'm excited, you know, I, I don't get wrapped up on end times. I really don't. I think, you know, God says he's going to come back in the, as a thief in the night. We're not going to know the time. So I'm going to live every day like it's my last, right? And But I think, I think the church right now, you know, that pandemic knocked us down and I think it's a rebuild time. I think the church has to get back to discipleship and I'm excited about that and help funding that process. I think it's, I think it's really important that people 
tithe and people sow into the church, into the kingdom. I think that's really important. So I'm interested in making millionaires in the kingdom. I, I, you know, in, in the secular world, my wife and I made 175 multimillionaires and in a 26 year period, and a couple of them still have a few dollars in the bank, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm interested in really bringing that into the Christian community because I really think, and I often say, you know, the good Samaritan would not have been famous if it were not for money, right? We can talk about all the things and we can go out there and evangelize and prophesy and, and you know, get healed, but we need money to do those things. We need money to fund those things. And so I like to help fund the kingdom in that process and develop other millionaires, multimillionaires that can do like, you know, David Green. I got to hang out with David Green. I don't know if you know who he is uh, over at Hobby Lobby, but billionaires roundtable. Hmm. And, you know, you know, he told me how he did it and how he gave his company Hobby Lobby to uh, Jesus and Jesus became a CEO and because he struggled for the first seven years, you know, and then look at him now. So, yeah. yeah. And the way that just so we're clear as people are listening to this and resonate with you as I resonate with you is kind of what's the introduction to you, man? Like if someone says, hey, I like this Michael guy, I want to go learn more. Where, where do we start? They can go to the website, themichaelmcintyre.com and, you know, uh, set up a, you know, if they want me to coach them, I can coach, you know, I'm expensive. I really am. My time is very limited. My wife and I do coaching. Then we have a, we call, we, we raved, raised up a, a team. We call them SEAL Team 6. I just like the military sound of that. <laughs> so uh, they're all Jesus freaks and they love the Holy Spirit. And so we bring them in. They can they can coach too. But, you know, or they can come to one of our deals. You know, Next Level Experience is great. We don't charge any money for Next Level Experience. You know, people say, how do you do that, Michael? Because I'm rich. Because <laughs> I want to do it. I want to do things for the kingdom. But afterwards, afterwards, they get to pay it forward. And they can sow a seed in that. And it's beautiful. And because uh, I don't want the enemy to tell people that's going to cost you money. I like to take all of the, the the bullets out of the enemy's gun. And that's a big one. A lot of people are all wrapped around the axle about spending money. And I always tell people, money is not your problem. It's the solution to your problem. If you try to hold on to it too tight, it's not going to come to you very easy. It's going to come to you in very skimpy ways. But if you let it go, let it flow, man, it's just comes. It's like, you know, Robert Morris taught me that. Uh, I'm going to post the link to your next level experience in our show notes, guys. Yeah. So if you're, you're listening to this, I think, I think that would be incredible. Is that typically in Dallas? Yeah, we do it in Dallas. The uh, next one is in March and then uh, our MBA is coming up February 16th. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, next level experience, uh, just have them go to the website or the link and I'll have, I'll have uh, Brianna send you the link, but yeah, the next level experience is cool, man. It's like we hold it in Dallas and we got people to come out. We've got people coming in. Generally, we have four or five different countries that come in, plus all over the United States. And uh, it's intense. It's Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's for people whose lives are working but want to go higher. And so uh, we developed that in a uh, unique way. And uh, it's not a conference, so you don't need to take notes. Cameron, that sounds exciting, dude. Yeah, it's like right in your backyard, too. I might have to yeah, Cameron, it. come on, bro. I'll Let's do it. You know, Michael, too, I've enjoyed your talk because uh, one of my heroes of faith is Todd Wagner. My wife and I have been mm -hmm. members of Watermark for six years, and um, mm -hmm. I've actually brought Ellison to the Watermark church before, and he's like, this is a church? <laughs> it was like during the height of COVID. He's like, people are out and about. This is we awesome. We swam in the baptismal pool. Like, Come on, we, man. We went and did it. some breaststrokes in that thing. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I we hung out there for six years. But that was my first six years of Christianity with Todd, and it was awesome. intense. It was great. You know, I got to go to Todd's Bible studies and 
Todd came over here and ministered to my YPO group. And yeah, so Todd, that's awesome. Todd, yeah. He really helped me out a lot. He was, he was the perfect man to, to unwrap me into Jesus. Mm. Yes. Uh, a lot of people have that same sentiment about him. Absolutely. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Michael, we're buying a lot of real estate in Dallas, man. I can't wait to connect more with you. I'm there a good bit. I don't live there. We're out in San Diego. But, um, You're in San Diego? Oh, man, you're living the life, bro. Living the dream, man. <laughs> living the dream, no doubt about it. So I uh, I say all that to say, you know, we'll, we'll definitely connect. I'm looking forward to, to spending some time with you in Dallas and getting one of your events Come on, um, and, and learning, continue to learn from you. So this is uh, kind of some of my first connection with you, but I'm, I hope there's more because I've really enjoyed this. So just want to say thank you for pouring into our uh, community here at Kingdom REI and, and, and overall, man, the church, because, you know, that that's what we're here to do too, is we want to, we want to equip people with the financial education resources to go do bigger things for the kingdom. So thank you and blessings, bro. And, and that mission, uh, because you know, the, the next great movement is, in the marketplace for Jesus. And Amen. so thank you, man, for yeah, I John 10 10. Uh, that work. Know, the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came to give us life abundant. And uh you guys are rocking it. And I'm proud of you guys. Real estate's rocking and it's good and it keeps getting gooder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It ain't going nowhere, man. They you know they make more land. So that's we're, it, we're, baby. We're excited that's about it. it. So uh thank you, bro. Seriously. And uh we'll post that in the link in our show notes so that everyone yeah. knows how to to uh to, to get to your stuff guys go check michael out go to his events michaelmcintyre.com uh, he's also on instagram at michael mcintyre so uh follow this man if you if you've enjoyed this guys and do us another thing too before you add it before you leave here and you want to interact with michael screenshot this episode go on instagram or go on linkedin and, and post this tag us and and then that way we know you're listening let us know what you enjoy nuggets yeah. dropped here today folks. So uh, go take some action on this. Uh, we'll see you in person. One of his events. Much love, everybody. See you next week. Thanks, bro. Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is. Listen, if you're a faith-driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to the kingdomrei.com to learn about our mastermind. If you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes, then head to ellishammond.com to learn more about that. Cheers.